Lord, thank you for this opportunity we have to come here in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we hear from you, not from a man, but from the Spirit himself, that, Lord, you would speak to us directly into our hearts. That, Lord, we would know that it's you that's speaking because you said, my sheep know my voice. So we ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit himself would speak through me and into all of our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. So we started this amazing journey of launch. Uh, we're launching into the things of God this year. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be left behind. If there's an opportunity to explore new things, if there's an opportunity to move into uh, greater depths, greater heights in the Spirit of God, I want to be there and I want to challenge you, come and join us. Uh, don't be left behind. You know, the, the, it, it's, it's, we've all been in those situations where we, we've been invited to go somewhere. We've looked at the weather. It's cloudy. It's windy. It's like, no, no, I won't go. And literally, as you decide not to go and everyone leaves, five minutes later, the sun comes out, the wind dies, and it's perfect weather. And you're like, oh, man, I should have gone. Let me just say, in terms of launch this year, in terms of the, where we're going as a church, I don't want you to be left behind. I want you to be with us. Because I believe with all my heart, God's going to do some big and great things in the midst of us. Why? Because we're here to give Him all the praise, the glory, and the honor. We want His will to be done in our hearts. Amen? So we're going to look at some of the foundation, the core, uh, the core beliefs that we have in God when we choose not to lean in our own understanding, but to put our full and complete, complete trust in the God, the God of Israel, the God who created the universe. The one and only, okay? So with that in mind, I want to quote the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 to 9. It says this, but even as you abound in everything, I love that. I just want to press pause here. I know this is not my sermon, but listen to those words. This is the Holy Scriptures. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But even as you abound in everything, you can't tell me God is not a good God. God wants you to abound. And I love that word abound. It's almost got a picture of a dog. I don't know about you. I've got this, uh, uh, this crazy dog. You guys all have, uh, one thing I've noticed, Cape Town people, you have such well-behaved dogs. My Durban dog is still trying to catch up with these dogs. You know, I've got, I've got a golden lab. This is a clumsy, uh, crazy, yeah, I don't know. I, I can use a whole lot of other words I'm not going to because we're in church now, okay? She's like, just a crazy dog. She just comes, when we come home, ask the kids. When we come home, she doesn't gently like the Cape Town dog. She's a Durban dog. She, she comes running, abounding to us, like storming at us. Oh, that's what that word means. Listen, God wants every blessing to abound to us. He wants, wants it to come storming into our lives, okay? So, but even as you abound in everything, in faith and in word and in knowledge and all earnestness and in your love to us, you should abound in this grace also. I do not speak according to command, but through the eagerness of others and testing the trueness of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, in order that you might be made rich through his Poverty, that's God's heart right there. He was willing to sacrifice everything so that we can get everything. That's how good God is to us. I want you to know something, that our foundation has to be a very, very strong foundation. And I want you to know one of the the strongest foundations that ever was laid was Jesus Christ himself. Why? Because he is love. 
And I want to focus on that word love. Because when we understand love, we actually understand grace. Remember what I said last time. Grace is not a subject. It's not a teaching. It's not a theology. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you know Jesus, you know love. Why? Because the Bible says that God is what? God is love. So if we don't understand love, we truly can't understand God. I don't know about you, but I want to know God. And if I know love, then I know God. I I preached a sermon series once in Sweetwater. It's called Grow. G-R-O-W. Which stands for, if you, we need to start growing by grace. When you understand grace, you'll begin to grow in your relationship with God. The whole point of grace, the whole point of Jesus coming to this earth, the whole point of Jesus dying on a cross is so that we can have relationship with God. God loved, so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Yes, salvation is great, but it goes even further than that because God actually wants to have relationship with you. Go back to the beginning when God created mankind. What did he do with mankind? Did he create Adam and Eve and said, there you are, there's a God and leave me alone? No. The Bible makes it clear that every day God walked with them. Every day God communed with them. Every day God was with them in perfect relationship. And Jesus has come to restore us back to relationship. So we grow through grace. What I love about grace, understanding true grace, it leads you to a place of repentance. Understanding what true repentance is. Repentance is simply not just changing your ways. But it's actually first of all changing your mind. Change your view. Change your perception. Change your understanding. Because truly if you want to change your ways. If you want to be a different person. You've got to have a different way of thinking. Anyone agree with that this morning? I know it's cloudy outside there, but guess what? Our, our, our minds need to be awake to the Son of God. Amen? We've got to be awake to the fact that God wants our lives to reflect His goodness, His greatness, His, His beauty, His majesty. He wants us to reflect who God is. But we can only do that when we change our minds, when we truly repent. Okay? Once you truly repent, once you understand grace, truly repent, you will come to a place of overcoming. Do you know, God has called us to be overcomers. He actually said this about you and me. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be a slave to sin. I don't want to be a slave to fear. God has come to set us free. Once we understand grace, once we get to a place of repentance, I promise you one thing. We'll be an overcoming church. Overcoming all the obstacles that God has pla- that the enemy has placed in our, our path. Then, once you overcome, let me just say, it's easy to worship. We've been created to worship God. We want to be overcomers so we can get to a place of worship. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this. For we yet being without strength, in due time Christ died for the who? Ungodly. For one, for one will with difficulty die for the righteous one. Yet perhaps one would even dare to die for a good one. But God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Another translation puts it this way. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for the sacrificial death. 
when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we, would, we wouldn't, wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in a sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatsoever. Listen to this, verse 8 in the Amplified says this, But God shows clearly, proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. You want to understand love? Understand the fact that God came and died for us while we were still in our sins. That's love. That's what grace is all about. That's who Jesus is all about. That while we were in our sins, he was willing to die for us. I believe with all my heart, Jesus was God in the flesh. Does anyone ever, anyone else agree with me? That God, that Jesus was God in the flesh. In fact, when we look at the way Jesus lives, I believe we can see who God really is. You want to understand God? You want to see God? You want to know who God is? You've got to understand who Jesus Christ is. Jesus said these words, If you have seen me, you have seen who? The Father. He goes on to say, I and my Father, we are one. In other words, guys, if you look at me, if you follow me, you're following God himself. So we've got to get back to who Jesus was. Can I ask you a question? Was Jesus judgmental? Can I say this? No, he wasn't. When he had the right to judge, he forgave. Was Jesus, Jesus a harsh person? Well, actually, yes and no. You see, he was at times harsh, but he was harsh to the people we would think he would not be harsh at. You see, when he came into contact with sinners and those who had fallen, those who who were away from God, he showed love. He drew them in. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that wherever Jesus went, there were sinners that followed him. But there was another group that followed him as well. Who were they? The law keepers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all those other C's that I can't mention at the moment. Okay, All those C people. They were always there, yet Jesus was harsh with them. In other words, here's the thing. Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. But those who thought they were found were, were repelled by him. I don't know about you, but I want us to be a church that reflects the goodness of God. I want to be a church that reflects the fact that Jesus Christ loved all. The righteous, he made, no, he, made, he made a statement to the righteous that only the sick need a doctor. And he came for the sick. Jesus went even further. further. He did not reveal the heart of God in his life. But he also revealed the heart of God in his death. In the way that he died. So today, quickly, I've got... Four minutes left. This is impossible to finish. But I'm going to do my best to sum it up quickly. I want to focus on the word love for a moment. Love. Because if you understand God, you'll know he's a God of love. Amen? If I break up the word love, the L for me stands for let 
Let go of yourself. You see, the total opposite of grace is to do things your way. I want you to think about that for a moment. To do things your way. You see, Jesus Christ did not come to seek and save those who thought they were better than God. But he came to seek and save those who knew that they had a shortcoming. That they needed a savior. You see, today we have a problem. Today one of the the biggest uh, books that go on sale is what we call the self-help books. Anyone see those books? Because today we live in a world where we literally teach, you know what, uh, you need to do it yourself. You need to do it your way. You need to be a better person and work it out your way. Here's the problem with that, ladies and gentlemen. If we think we can make ourselves any better outside of grace, we're literally spitting on the cross of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. Here's the thing. Salvation and grace is not about what you can do. It's all about what he has done. I want you to understand that so many Christians fall into this trap. We actually think, God, I will help you to make me a better person. No, 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 no. When Jesus died on the cross, he did a good enough job. Trust me. There's no better job. There's no better sacrifice than Jesus Christ. No matter, no matter what amount of sacrifice you put down on the altar, no matter uh, how great a sacrifice, you could sell your home, you can, you can sell your cars, you could cut off your left arm if you wanted to. But here's the reality. No matter, no matter what amount of sacrifice I put down on the altar, it is never as good as the sacrifice of the Lamb of God on the cross of, when he died. That's the reality. Ladies and gentlemen, don't try to add to the gospel. You cannot add to the gospel. The gospel is simply Jesus Christ and nothing else. Margaret Thatcher. Anyone remember Margaret Thatcher? She was visiting a retirement community while she was there as as prime minister. She walked around visiting residents and shaking hands when it seemed that one woman didn't recognize her. Thatcher went to her and said, do you know who I am? And I love the answer. The woman said, no. But if you ask the nurse, she's pretty good and she can help you. <laughs> the point I want to make is this, and I end off with this, or this point. Forget who you are and focus on who he is. Amen? The O stands for one another. John thirteen thirty four says, but I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this shall all know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. Have you ever heard it said, we want the Christians to be real? Can I say this? People will know you real, not by your preaching style, not by your worship style, not by what your building looks like. People will know that you are God's disciples by your love for one another. I love the fact that Jesus said, follow me. I love the fact that when Jesus, when Jesus said those words, he wasn't just talking about physically. He was talking about my lifestyle. Follow my lifestyle. If you want to be in the lifestyle of grace, the lifestyle of grace is simply this. Love one another. It's not just about you. It's about loving one another. They will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. If you love what you love, should I say, will lead you to the V part of love, which is the word value. 
You see, what you love, you're going to value. Am I right? Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. You, you, if you don't value something, it means you don't love it. And I believe that God wants us to get back to a place where we value what he did on the cross. You see, the only time we, sit, we tend to focus on the cross is at the time of Easter. And I always thank God for Easter because it, it draws us back to, to the finished work on the cross. It draws us back to the resurrection. But did you know that we've got to value the work that Jesus Christ did every single day of our lives? Wherever we go, we've got to value. Why? Because we love him and we love each other. Value. You see, today... We can take something and make it valuable. But what I love about God, God can take something that's worthless. He can take a sinful life. He can wash it in the blood of Jesus. He can put his spirit in it and make it a blessing to humanity. He can take someone like me and turn me around so that I can be a a praise offering to him. So that I can uh, just give everything I have over to him. God can take something that was worthless and make it something priceless. That's what God can do through the cross of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, what is it that you value today? What is it that you value today? And I end off with the E, which is evangelism. If you value something, you show it off. Let's be honest. I've seen so many people buy a new car. Have you ever seen someone with a new car? Anyone here? It's amazing. They drive around. How's that? They get out the car and they're like, yeah, it's amazing when you're a new car, a little speck, just a little thing like that. You see it, Ooh, cloth, wipe, look at that, look at that. And then when you find a parking space, people with new cars, you know what I'm talking about, parking space. You don't look for the most convenient parking space. You want to park where no one else is parking because you value this car. You want everyone to know this is a brand new car. In fact, whenever you meet someone, you say, come sit, 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 sit. It's like a lady that's been engaged, just got engaged. It's amazing how the left hand becomes so heavy. Hi. Is it amazing? Have you seen that? People engaged? Why? They want to show off what they value. It's like if you love your children, like I love our kids, I always want people to see my children. You value them. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you to end off with this question? Here's the challenge. This is what I want you to walk away with. Please, when I close in prayer and you walk out the doors, have coffee and go wherever you want to go, I want you to remember this. I'm closing off with this. Okay, here's the challenge. How much do you value your salvation? How much do you value the grace that God has shown you? It's a very simple question. I don't want this to be condemning. I don't want you to feel bad about it. But I really, really want you to answer that question in your heart this morning. How much do you value what God has given you? And I end off with that. Do you show it off? Do you talk about it? Do you protect it? Do you value what God has given you? Let's bow our heads as we pray. So Lord, I thank you for this challenge you've set before us. I pray in the name of Jesus that when we, when we focus on the fact that you have been so good to us, when we focus on the fact that, Lord, we don't have to earn our way into heaven, We focus on the fact that, Lord, we are so loved by you.
And we don't deserve it. Lord, thank you for what you have done. I pray that this church, every person that has just heard this message, Lord, when we leave this place in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, we would understand the value of the gift that you have given us. And, Lord, may we show it off to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in the house says... Amen. Bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Don't forget tonight, uh, we're going to carry on with uh, the, the, the subject. So don't miss out. See you soon. Blessings.